guys, welcome back to the DMT World Podcast. Today we have an interview with Transpersonal Spirit. Um, he's a writer, artist, musician, content creator. He runs the, uh, he's got a website called thepsychrock.com where he does a lot of reviews for psychedelic rock bands and there's a lot of links in there. There's links to the music, uh, any stores that are related to the bands and so forth. There's a really great website. Make sure to check that out. He's got a background in holistic health. Uh, he's interested in the psychological, spiritual, creative, medicinal, and overall benefits of you know, psychedelics. He's in a band called Black Satori. Uh, they play electrified psychedelic garage rock music. Um, they're on iTunes. They're on all streaming services, and um, you know, there's um, a link in the description for that. He's also got a solo project called Temple Rose. Again, great content there as well. He describes it as a mellow acoustic acid folk music, which is great. You should check it out. He put out an album this year. Uh, called the spiral serpent that song that you heard in the intro that's one of their songs really great music you should check it out also he just started a, a podcast called the psych rock podcast make sure to check that out um and if you want to support him the best way to do that he's got an etsy page um where they him and his wife i believe have uh paintings and stuff on there really cool stuff really cool stuff check it out the band, the website, his solo project, the podcast, and the Etsy page, they're all, there's links in the description for them if you feel like supporting him. Really great to have him on today. Thank you for the support. Thank you for listening. Keep spreading that love, and I appreciate you. All right, with Transpersonal Spirit, welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you for being on here. Thank you so much. So I know um, we kind of went over a little bit of uh, some uh, some of the stuff you got going on, but if you can give us a little bit of a backstory of, uh, you know, who you are and um, kind of uh, what got you here. Yeah, definitely. Well, I joined the DMT world several months ago because I'm really interested in the topic of psychedelics um, and especially how that interfaces with art and creativity and healing. So I... Uh, I have my own website, thepsychrock.com, where I do music reviews for new bands that are coming out with music that's roughly under the psychedelic rock genre. Nice. And um, so there I cover bands from all over the world and uh, really try to help out small artists who aren't very well known. Nice. Yeah, I remember uh, you shared a link with me and I, I went... I browsed to the uh, website. It's pretty. It's built up pretty nice, man. You got some reviews and a little bit of samples in there too, and, and uh, links to the band's pages as well, right? Yeah, so you can listen to everything. So click in, and then you can listen to the music and see if it uh, jives with you. And then, yeah, links to buy from the artists and the labels as well to support the artists. Nice. And then um, <clears throat> also, I, I, I think you told me that you have a, a band yourself, right? I do have a band. Um, my current band is Black Satori. We're Black a psychedelic Satori. garage rock. <laughs> nice. <Yep. laughs> and so we get pretty far out. We have inspirations from early Pink Floyd and nice. some of the underground rock bands. And every now and then we get pretty experimental too. <laughs> That's cool. What, so what got you into the, um, the whole music scene there with uh, you know the website and so forth? 
Well, I was listening to a lot of music that other people weren't listening to. <laughs> and I was having a really hard time finding bands that fitted under the umbrella of psychedelic rock. Mm -hmm. This was back in 2012. And it would be weeks between posts because I just wasn't finding the bands that I was looking for. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they weren't out there or if uh, I just wasn't finding them. But either way, I started writing on the blog. And then this band from Germany reached out to me called oh. Vibravoid. Vibravoid, huh? I really like this band. They kind of like take that early Pink Floyd sound and make it more contemporary. And they release several albums a year. But he sent me this huge promo package with like a vinyl, like five CDs, wow. gigantic posters for my band's practice space. And that really hyped me up. Like I was thinking of maybe stopping the channel and stopping the reviews because I wasn't finding the music and it was hard for me to come up with stuff to post about. And that just kind of lit a fire under me. I was thinking, because uh, I hadn't heard of them before that. And they were just the perfect fit for what I was looking for at the time. And through them, I started digging up all this music I'd never seen before. And it's grown from there. I mean, the first year I posted about like 12 to 15 albums. This year, I've already done reviews for over 90. Wow. So the scene has just exploded. And I hope that I'm a part of that. That's nice, man. That's really nice. You know, oftentimes, as um, you know, you know, when you're doing anything like the like what you're doing or even like what we're doing here, you know, it takes time to, um, you know, see the, 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 the returns, you know, like just in terms of, you know, people listening and so forth and, 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 you know, being aware, I know you can, you can do a lot of promoting, but, um, I think the biggest thing is just sticking with it, you know, and putting out more content and just grinding on, you know, and I think, um, eventually, you know, you, you get, you tighten up a little bit and, you know, things get a little better and, um, you just got to keep, keep going on and it does help to get that little, you know, feedback, you know, that's always great for anybody making any kind of content. Yeah, it definitely grows. It's a slow grow, but it does grow. And now I'm getting emails every day from nice. bands, mostly really small bands, some even just individuals making music in their home. Some of them are on a lot of them actually are on record labels with vinyl oh, wow. releases and all of that and getting in touch with the different labels too. I, I have my own band. So now I have all these contacts to reach out to, to try and promote my own music as well. It's That's just nice. kind of a cycle or feedback cycle where everybody's kind of helping each other out with not a whole lot at stake. Yeah, that's always a good thing is, uh, you know, promoting each other, you know, um, you know, I'm often on on YouTube, you guys, uh, you know, people see me on YouTube commenting on others, you know, channels and so forth. And, um, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's a big thing to, you know, do the cross promotion. You know, I, I think it's a it's a wonderful thing. I think it should be happening a lot more often, you know, so I'm really uh, glad for you for that in that um, regards. No, it's um, a fun project. Yeah. I, so what got you into the whole music thing? Um, where did that all come from? I've always loved music. Yeah. Uh, even as a kid, I had this like 
little cassette player and I'd run around the house just singing along to all the songs, driving my parents crazy. (laughs) And uh, it just kind of grew from there. I eventually got a guitar and I really fell in love with playing guitar. I had done some piano lessons and now I do synthesizers and recording and vocals. And I just enjoy writing and creating music that's cool man and and synth uh i'm pretty fascinated by synth i don't know too much about them but i know i've ran across a couple of uh uh, channels on youtube and uh, i've got a cousin who's who messes with synths and uh he let me borrow one uh, i don't know like a year or two ago and i had a lot of fun with with it man you know and it's um i never got to recording anything but Oh, that's the way to do it, though. Yeah. Because you just, you record your synth part and you lay a beat on it and you lay down some more parts. And the next thing you know, you've you've got a song. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Like we were saying earlier, you know, uh, a lot of the the struggle or a lot of the um, the issue comes from just learning, you know, the software that you use in, in recording any of these things. Um, for you, is there any particular software that you'd like to use when recording any music? Uh, I like Logic mm. and uh, GarageBand for really simple stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just so easy. Now, do you uh, play all types of guitars? Is there a particular type just electric or are you like acoustic or what is it for you? Both. For I actually have a solo project also that's really more focused on acoustic guitar. I do it under the name Temple Rose. Nice. And I came out with an album earlier this year of this sort of gentle acid folk. <laughs> and um, that's a lot of finger picking guitar. So I do uh, everything from just like full out, freak out acid rock guitar solos on the electric with all kinds of guitar pedals to stripping it all the way down to just organic sounds and and focusing on the sounds of the strings nice uh is is there any way are you set up to like share anything right now it's all on streaming okay so uh, just about anywhere you can look up black satori or temple rose and run into my music there spotify what have you nice definitely uh take a look at that and search for this. Um, <clears throat> I'm always pretty uh, fascinated by, you know, different content creators, man. There's a lot of people out there doing a, you know, a lot of, a lot of stuff, man. It's uh, pretty cool to see the diversity, you know, in, in the content there. I personally love content creation and with the psychrock.com, I recently started um, my own podcast, a YouTube channel, and then I've been working my way through the best way to promote through Instagram Mm -hmm. and making those videos, doing the audio. I think it's all really fun. I'm an artist. I'm also a painter. So I do Mm. psychedelic paintings as well as animal portraits. And um, I get really involved in creativity and the arts. And obviously, I'm also a writer because I do all the writing on my website. And man, there's the psychedelics are really helpful for getting you out of a bind when you're feeling creatively unmotivated or when you're self-judging so much that Uh you come to a dead end. 
I find that there's ways of integrating psychedelics into your practice where it can be helpful. Now, when when you do that, is there like a particular um, psychedelic or a particular um, manner in which you uh, use it to help you? I would say I'm more focused on the technique. Mm -hmm. I think of it almost like a... For me, it's a healing, spiritual-type practice. Mm. And I will prefer to do it either in a really focused group, community setting, where Mm -hmm. everybody's there to dive deep and do the work, or else just completely by myself so that I can listen to the music that for some reason is working for me at that moment and really dive in to... I like to go deep into my sessions, whether it's a microdose or whether it's a larger dose. And I like to really focus on getting the most out of it. I'll like, if I take it during the day, I'll literally put like a thick blanket over my head so that it's darker. So the visuals will be stronger and try to find music that intensifies my experience and pushes me deeper. I like to go into those places where it's colorful and beautiful and blissful and feel so good. And I also like to remind myself that I'm there to be better, to improve myself, to try and, in a way, change the future and manifest something better into the world and into my timeline. And so I will put on some maybe real intense music that challenges me and brings up some of those more difficult uh, patterns that I'm working with. You know, music does have a uh, huge effect on um, when you're, you know, using psychedelics. And I know sometimes for me, it gets a little overwhelming. And for the most part, you know, I I like to, oftentimes when I do try using music, I usually end up turning it off (laughs) like halfway through because I'm like, oh man, I can't do this. So, you know, if if you're doing something like that, man, my hat's off to you because, uh, some of the things can get pretty intense, man, you know, and I, and I agree with the, um, you know, going deep um, and getting the most out of it. You know, I, uh, and these substances are like tools, you know, and um, somebody, it, it's all in the person who's using the tool, right? I mean, um, you can swing that hammer away or be a little more precise, you know, and um, you can, you can either do damage with it or you can build something beautiful. It's definitely something that requires a lot of mindfulness. Mm -hmm. And for me, because I do it in such a focused way, it's hard to find the time and space to do it. Yeah. So it's not something that I get to do all that often. Um, But now I'm in the Bay Area, so it's like a lot more accessible here. Mushrooms literally grow out of the ground. So, (laughs) Man, that sounds beautiful. Now, have you ever done any kind of like uh, guided uh, sessions? Like you ever done any kind of like retreats or anything like that? I've had the opportunity to do some of those things. Um, And actually... So maybe just a little timeline about my experience in that area, because 
when I was younger, I was me and my group of friends got really into psychedelics and we loved to go to music festivals and it became a lot. I was getting those deep spiritual experiences, but so much of it was about community bonding and trying to feel like connected to the music and the audience and the atmosphere of the space. And those earlier days when you're learning about something new, you might uh, go a little over the top or not find the best place or use for them. So I went through that learning process uh, when I, you know, in my early 20s. And after that, you know, people kind of moved away, went off on their own, and then I was uh, without access to anything for a very long time, like maybe about 10 years. And during that 10 years, the only spaces <clears throat> that came to me were um, community-type settings. So I had connected with a Native American medicine man and mm -hmm. uh, done some all-night teepee ceremonies with pe peyote wow. uh, several times over the course of a number of years. And I also did other uh, sweat lodges and, um, you know, medicine wheel ceremonies and some of, some of the other parts learning about Native American traditions and Native American spirituality. Um, and that was a really fascinating journey. It's very much more shamanic. Um, there's a lot of this idea that links everything you do to prayer and every single piece of those ceremonies is intentional and they're designed to communicate with this greater power and to um, help people. So I found that to be really interesting. Those ceremonies also were difficult because there's a lot of rules, but no one necessarily explains to you what those <laughs> rules are. So I always did feel um, just a little out of place in that way. Not necessarily bad, but just I knew that I didn't understand what was going on. And mm -hmm. a lot of other people in the room had been involved with this kind of thing since they were children. And then there's, too, the dynamic of being in kind of an outsider. I'm mm -hmm. not a Native American person. So there was all of those things playing into the experience. But overall, it was, it was really good. And the teachings that were spoken about in those ceremonies have deeply impacted me. That's nice, man. I, I know um, in my young years, like when I was 18, 19, I think it was 18 years old, I I was um, uh, at down here where I'm at in Arizona. We've got um, a lot of Native Americans out here. And, um, you know, when I was younger, I was in a relationship with this girl who belonged to the Navajo Nation up here. And uh, I was with her for, um, you know, for a good amount of time, about a year or so. And I met all of her brothers and so forth. And, um they, um, you know, we would hang out a lot back then and here uh, in Phoenix. And then <clears throat> I was invited up north to their reservation to meet their family and also um, 
have be part of a uh, a um I guess a peyote session and um <clears throat> I remember just man it was such a such a mess man I had no idea what was what you know I've never even uh, you know I had no idea of, of how things you know were in their in their traditions and so forth and uh you know all I knew was I was gonna go out and you know eat some peyote and trip you know <laughs> and uh I remember heading up there and um they had these, um, they were like, um, like a little mud hut and it had a dome up top and then they would cover it with like, um, with like this tarp and there was like a little hole on, up on the, I mean, the thing couldn't have been taller than six feet, you know, it was a little small space and they had a few of them in the back, like in the backyard area. And, um, I remember they were, you know, cooking the, they had, they had many different varieties uh, or forms of, of the peyote they were putting in, in like a tea. Um, they were just cutting them fresh, cutting them fresh into like little pieces. And then um, inside of the, the little hut, they had like um, these little carpets that everybody sat on. And, you know, it's probably no bigger than like a, like an eight by eight or six by eight room, you know, maybe six feet tall. And then they had like this little small, looked like a pit in the middle. And um, they had a fire out that we built on the morning time. And they had these rocks that they had us collect and we put them near the fire. And then we brought the rocks in the inside in there. And then everybody started getting like their pillows and stuff and like all the little whatever it was they needed to get in there. And um, they had this tea that they were brewing as well. And then they, with herbs and stuff, and then they would pour it on the rocks inside of this, this little hut. <clears throat> and then everybody started getting in and uh, they were passing around the tea and little, you know, diced up pieces of the, of the buttons. And, oh man, it got so intense in there. I, I just, I could not, I couldn't breathe. I started panicking and uh, man, I, I was sitting next to her grandpa and I kept trying to stand up to like leave, man. Cause like, I just couldn't handle it. You know, I'm, I'm 18. I've never experienced psychedelics like this ever before. You know I mean? I've smoked a little bit of weed and drink, you know, and um, I tried getting up and he kept like grabbing me and pushing me down. And uh, it got to the point where, I was just tripping so hard. I couldn't even see. And I just started crawling out of this fucking tent, man. And the guy kept grabbing me and I, I ended up kicking this dude, man. I, I feel so fucked up about it now, but I was tripping so hard. Her, her uncle started grabbing me and I, I got like into this fucking tussle with these guys in this hut. And I ended up falling out of the damn tent and just running out into the desert, man. And it was, uh, it was a disaster, man. It was a disaster. I just remember running out and, and, and sitting on this side of this hill and, and, and just tripping for like hours and then just being amazed at the stars. It looked so crazy out there. And the next morning, you know, the guys are all looking for me and God, man, I felt so bad, dude. I, and I haven't had the, the experience since then, man, but it was like, needless to say, I, I never went back. So that was my, uh, <laughs> my experience with the peyote back then, man. And, uh, I, I always think about it, man, you know, about how I, you know, I, I fucked that up, you know, and how, you know, but you know, it, it is what it is, you know, I was young and, you know, I didn't really know what I was getting into and, you know, and, and, you know, the mindset, you know, of an 18 year old back for me, you know, I, I wasn't ready for it, man. And so really, really nice to hear that you had a pretty good, um, pretty good, uh, experience with that, man. 
Yeah, well, your experience isn't really out of the ordinary, especially when you're doing the the sweat lodge with the peyote because it's rough. they call that um, combining medicines because the sweat lodge by itself is enough to really challenge you and take you to some deep places. And then when you combine the sacred medicines in with that, it becomes very, very cleansing and detoxing. And I mean, I've been in some of those where it's so hot, I literally start digging a hole in the ground because <laughs> like the heat rises. So like, I just be like yeah. that, down there, like tucked in as low as I oh, could geez. go, like trying to get into the dirt to cool off. So I've been there. Man. That those things get they get intense, man. I mean, if you think about even being in the sauna, you know, for some people uh, for like four hours. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is too, there's no temperature control, man. It just gets as hot as it can. And it's like one of them, it's kind of like a test almost, you know, like it's a test. Yeah, like who can let's I'm here, I'm the oldest guy, you know, I'm gonna be here. And you know, if anybody it's almost like um like a rite of passage type thing, right? Like yeah. Um, you know, like, um, kind of like, let's see if you can hang, you know, let's see if, if you're worthy of this kind of thing. And I think that's, that's what it was, you know, for me, because, you know, I was getting pretty serious with this girl and, uh, <laughs> once the family found out about me, they're like, well, come and bring him up here. Let's check him out. <laughs> also too, strangely in those situations, um, your internal prayer, it sounds kind of kooky, but your internal prayer makes an incredible incredible difference so this a lot of the sessions i had with the peyote button i did do some in sweat lodges but they were usually in a large teepee doing the all-night teepee ceremony mm -hmm. which you sit all night like it starts at dusk and you don't leave the teepee or really move at all until the sun comes up in the morning so it's like 12 hours Jeez. and they do a lot of prayers beforehand, these tobacco prayers and setting the space. And then they start passing around the medicine several hours into the ceremony. <clears throat> and it'll be that tea and uh, the chopped up stuff, the quid. Mm -hmm. And I found that it, it would make me feel sick unless I like was taking it while I was simultaneously internally praying. Now, what kind of praying do you, are you referring to? Like, is there like a certain type or is it just something that you kind of create on your own? It is my own thing. Mm. Uh, I don't even know if prayer is necessarily the perfect word for it, mm. but that's definitely <laughs> the language that's used in those ceremonies. Mm -hmm. And so what I do, I would take the quid and pop that into my mouth and it's real bitter. And then I would use the tea to kind of, throw it back mm -hmm. and swallow it down. And then I would sort of wave my hand like in front of my body, like I was sort of massaging my energy body and just think like, become a part of me, help me. I'm looking to be a better person. Um, or else if I had a specific intention for that ceremony, I would sort of repeat that. And I could literally feel the nausea just disappear as I was, you know, trying to communicate with the plant. That's a big thing with um, a lot of the mescaline containing um, cactuses as the nausea. A lot of people get that. From, for me, I know I do. And um, 
you know the 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 peyote is, is um it's an interesting uh cactus um <clears throat> i know i've met a few people out here um you know where i'm at in arizona there's a lot of these um there's a church out here somewhere i, I don't know if they're still operating it's down south and i've been told about it there's um this couple who who you know runs this place and it's more so like a it's not even like a retreat or anything it's just a safe place for people to, you know to go and experience um peyote but even then um you know these the peyote is you know a lot of people are not keen on on eating the peyote in terms of uh like even like um harvesting the peyote i mean some of these things take forever to grow you know they grow at such a slow rate you know and um you know, a lot of people will prefer to, you know, use like a different cactus, San Pedro, just because, you know, there's a big, um, there's a big connection once you start um, cultivating these um, cactus as well. Um, and then there's also like grafting where people will graft a, a peyote button onto a different um, cactus or plant, which basically is, you know, they slice the bottom of the um the, the peyote button and then they you know the slice the top of the plant they're going to be transferred onto and just kind of stick it on there and they use that plant's roots to absorb you know nutrients and water and the the button ends up growing a lot faster than it would if it was just you know on its own and you know they use that for seeds and so forth but you know usually when you find some peyote out in the wild i mean that stuff's been sitting there for decades you know some yeah, of them leave centuries it. Yeah. Just leave it. Don't yeah, cut it. It's exactly. like an endangered plant at this yeah. point. It's one thing if you've got it in your home and you're just cultivating it, but out in the wild, it's becoming so rare. <clears throat> you don't want to cut it. Honestly, you want yeah. to leave it there. And yeah, definitely. Um, I, that's why I've never had the opportunity outside of ceremony to do that. And going through the Native American church in that way, which really isn't an option that's open to a lot of people, but, um, you know, they there's rules about where they source it from and all of that. So it's a sustainable practice. Yeah, you see, you often see a lot of people harvest or um, cultivating it just for that or just for propagation, you know, just to put to some more. alive. Mm -hmm, exactly. <laughs> I think and, the decriminalize movement's really important in that you can grow this cactus all of a sudden in areas that are decriminalized, in theory, not federally, but on a local level. But if you think about it in a broader sense, like including peyote in that is a really a contentious issue because people are mm -hmm. like, well, people shouldn't be harvesting it. It's an endangered plant. They shouldn't be looking for it and possessing <clears> it. <throat> but I look at it from this other side as well, where it's like, this is an endangered plant. If we have it growing inside of people's homes all across the country, across the world, it preserves the species. Yeah. So it's a, that's a really tricky issue to navigate in the psychedelic community. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and a lot of times, uh, you know, once you start cultivating peyote, you know, it's hard to harvest something that you've been cultivating for decades. You know, I, I've met some people recently that have had, you know, buttons that have been passed down from generations and, you know, they're, they're like, yeah, I wouldn't dream of, of harvesting this thing and eating it, you know, at this point, but you know, who knows, maybe my son will, <laughs> you know, and it just continues like that. So it's definitely, um, 
but definitely something else, you know, the, the cultivation of that, of that cactus, man, it takes time and patience. And it's a unique plant too. It's very, to me anyway, it's very different than sort of the classic Western psychedelics like mushrooms or LSD. Um, for sure. You know, I, I don't have too much experience with the mescaline. I, I really don't. I just have that one, <laughs> that one experience, but um, no, I, I agree. I agree. And I, like I said, I've spoken to a few people here and, you know, they've kind of, they've kind of shaped, you know, my, my, my view on it too. And, um, no, I agree. It's, it's something else and it's definitely something to be preserved for sure. I've also had some going back to the original question. I had had the opportunity to work with a psychedelic therapist using psilocybin mushrooms in community ceremonies. And that was a really good experience. I felt a lot more comfortable in that space than going outside of my own paradigm into like a a 10,000 year old ceremony. (laughs) Um, A, because this person would reach out to you beforehand, you would talk through all of your stuff, he would give you practices and exercises to do in the weeks and months before the session. And then, you know, we'd check in with you before and then you'd go there and take the medicine and he would keep you focused. It's sort of, I mean, the guy's not Buddhist, but I think of it in a Buddhist way where you're kind of like focused intention the whole time. Like, it's almost like he could read your mind and be like, what are you here for? Like, come back to your intention, like be grounded in what you're here to do and yeah it was so cool because he had like gongs and singing bowls and you know music queued up for the whole session so sometimes it was recorded music as well sometimes I mean the sessions would travel pretty freely sonically speaking sometimes we'd suddenly start singing or it, it was it was really fascinating. And then we'd have talking circles afterwards where we'd all share our experiences and everyone in the group's experiences would reflect off of one another and someone would say something and you'd be like, oh, something like that happened to me too. And I didn't think about it that way. And I mean, by the end, it's like everyone's like, dropping a tear like feeling <laughs> so connected and bonded and That's then beautiful you go back to your life and then they call you and check in and make sure you're doing good and help you come up with integration exercises and so that was a really powerful experience um i made some really big leaps and bounds and that again was over the course of like three, four years, maybe like four or five sessions. That's nice. You know, I I like hearing stories like that, you know, and, and, you know, the person helping you, you know, reaching out to you prior and then after that, that's part of the set and setting, you know, and I I find that, you know, in in the last few times that I've spoken to people, you know, the guided um, experiences, um, then there's definitely a huge benefit in there that people are missing out on. Um, not, not saying that this, that's the way anybody should do it, but you know, me personally, I, I have 
minimal experience with, uh, you know, these type of um, experiences. And mainly it's, you know, me on my own, you know, or with a trip sitter or something like that. But um, I, I do see that a lot of people get, you know, different benefits um, from these uh, community sessions or guided sessions. You know, there's definitely something else there for sure. There's so much about how my process has played out with all of this, mm. where everything is very synchronistic and coincidental. Mm -hmm. And there's those old sayings, like when you're ready, the teacher will appear. I don't mm -hmm. really like that saying, <laughs> but it seems to suggest something that's true, where there are times when just kind of magically these things just fall into your lap. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I even feel it before it's going to happen. Like I'll <clears throat> be doing my meditation practice or something, making some art or listening to some music or all of the above. And I'll suddenly have this powerful experience and I'll think, Oh yeah, the, they're coming. Like I'm going to have a session, you know, in the next couple months and it seems to happen. That's nice. Now, are you pretty involved with like a uh, psychedelic community there where you're at? No, no, I'm not. I thought I would be. Um, I've been in the Bay area for over a year. Mm, okay. And before the COVID, I will tell you the, if you're interested in this topic, which I'm a huge nerd, as you might be able to tell by my <laughs> music blog, I like to investigate and research and mm -hmm. learn everything I can, go through the books, go see the lectures, mm -hmm. see the community. I like to just learn as much as I can. And they had great lectures, workshops, video premieres. I went to mycology classes where they mm -hmm. literally brought in the psychedelic mushrooms that grow in the area and oh, taught you everything about how to find them. So I've even gone to workshops where they teach you how to cultivate. It's because mm -hmm. um, in Oakland, they did the decriminalize. Yep. And I don't know. I feel that that's a really good thing, but the whole fact that the DEA still can come after you and crack down really hard definitely makes it feel partially decriminalized, like sort of risky, but yeah. yeah, some of these mycology workshops were like in the Academy of Sciences, like thousands of people walking wow. by, security guards, public space, and they have a little section with their poster set up with the little psychedelic mushrooms there and how to find them. Wow. Yeah. You're like in the epicenter of all that, huh? You're it right is, there. It is the epicenter. Absolutely. All the research. If you want to become a psychedelic therapist, there's an extremely expensive school here called CIIS um, where you can literally be trained in transpersonal psychology and to become a psychedelic therapist which I feel is a strong path for me. Like that's what I'd like to do, mm -hmm. but I'm not necessarily sure that going back to school for $300,000 is the way to go about it. I think yeah. in the future, uh, it's going to be a lot more like integration coaching yeah. where you're maybe not 
distributing or there even possibly for the session itself, but you're helping someone before and you're helping someone after. Yeah, definitely. There, um, I was just speaking with somebody who um, was part of um, kind of helping out a clinic with Ibogaine and that's what they did was, you know, reaching out prior to and then afterwards, um, which is a pretty, it's, it's necessary for sure. Because, you know, a lot of times, especially people that are new to psychedelics, including myself, you know, <laughs> You know, we we have this notion that taking psychedelics is going to help us, and then we take the psychedelics, and then you know we're there's a lot of structure that's missing, you know, and and you don't like me. I'm just learning after the fact, you know, and, and you know like the reintegration, you know, that's huge, huge. You know, there's um a lot of reflection afterwards, and um even integration during the session, yeah, because <clears throat> like, well, I'll just share a little bit. I had um a session with mushrooms not so long ago and I guess they were just really potent because um, <laughs> I kind of pride myself on you know knowing how to choose a dose like microdose versus mini dose versus low dose you know <laughs> versus high dose versus really high dose like I usually hit it but this time uh, they were about two and a half to three times stronger than I had expected, which I'm cool. I'm fine with it. No problem. I know the techniques to chill out and make that work for me. But yeah, I got into a really deep place and I was listening to crazy intense music. I mean, I really feel like the music made that session a lot stronger. It was this band in case people want to check it out called Anaki. Uh, a-N-U-N-N-A-K-I. Mm-hmm. And they do this crazy thing where they go between this like modular synthesizer ambient music that mm-hmm. just like made my vision turn to like beautiful fractals and wow. fields of eyes. But they're also sort of a doom metal band. So then all of a sudden, you know, they'll just like <laughs> rip into it with this just beautiful distortion and echoes and filter sweeps and it it messes with your mind and yeah it pushed my trip really far and the peak was a lot stronger than I had thought it was gonna be Um, but I was using all my techniques you know I was focused internally I had eye shades on for the darkness to deepen everything and I was working into it. I really feel like there's a way that you can focus your mind to enhance the intensity of the experience. And I like to have all these factors in place because then if you want to retreat or bring it down, you like turn off the music, you take the blanket off and Mm -hmm. look outside, you focus on something else. But there's a risk in that because if you're in a deep place, something is processing inside of you. You've like flipped the signal and it's got to complete its course and run to resolution for you to have proper integration. And so it's important too to know how long to stay with something before you distract yourself and, and move on to the next thing or move on to the next phase of your trip. And I just kind of want to share a little bit because it was just so cool. Um, 
at one point the visuals were so dynamic it felt like I had entered into some kind of other dimension and when I felt this feeling my body sort of dissolved into these particles um, they were all colorful, almost like little rubbery squares with these moving colorful dots flowing into this other dimensional landscape. And of course, immediately then I come face to face with what looks to me like an alien, almost mm-hmm. kind of like Guido from the Star Wars New Hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I was at that point and I wasn't feeling any fear there and I was feeling good. And then I was like pushed into it. Like, like, can I use my mind to take this even to a higher place? Cause I actually wanted to go into this other dimension with these spiritual beings to ask, to help me, you know, in my life. And so I kind of came back to my intention as I sort of was trained to do. And I kind of restated my intention. And then it was like myself had dissolved, but it pushed up through this bubble and kind of entered into this other worldly landscape that was like a desert with like this planet in the background and these mountains in the distance and this strange figure in this white space suit. It was really skinny and it had a giant head mask with a dark shield and it was holding some kind of like ray gun or scientific device and pointing it at this single flower that was growing in this desert. And I made my appeal and sort of restated my intention. And as quickly as I got there, I felt this fear. And once I hit the fear, it opened into a different space where I felt like it was both personal and collective And I came face to face with this wall of fear. And it became like these muscles almost. I don't know if you know the artist H.R. Geiger, but it was, he's the guy who invented the alien creature from the movie, The Aliens. Yeah, this is the the second time somebody has brought him up in the last like 24 hours, man. Yeah, I know. He's a great artist. Like his work's a little disturbing, but it really relates deeply to a lot of um, principles in transpersonal psychology and related to uh challenging spaces and psychedelics and kind of the dark undertones of the Mm -hmm. collective human consciousness and i was in that space and i was feeling fear and i just kept asking why fear and it would sort of show me these different things and i just got this strong vibe that i was essentially just experiencing what is that there's a lot of fear in the collective human consciousness and therefore within me there's all these fears and i'm good at coping and i'm good at finding ways to stay positive and 
Um, my artwork and everything is essentially what I use for all of that. And it was an honest look at myself and the collective. And I, the music ended and I knew that I could not leave that space. I had to stay there. I had to allow this to come to its resolution before I got up, before I opened my eyes, before I stopped working it internally with this sort of meditation technique. And I did, I laid there for a while, pretty uncomfortable, just knowing that if I didn't, it could have a resonance that echoed out into the weeks upcoming because it was never fully resolved. Yeah. And when that happens, it's uncomfortable. It catches you by surprise. You start thinking like, Oh, I like did too much or something like that. <laughs> but a lot of times all of that is just things that aren't properly resolved. So I allowed that to resolve which I think it took like an extra 30 minutes just laying there. And then, um, and then I got up and for the most part after that, it was a pretty, pretty mellow thing. Like I'd entered a different part of my session where it was more about being up and being active and I made some artwork and yeah. So that, that little section, um, I just think it illustrates an important lesson uh, about what can happen when you go really deep and face yourself and some of the risks that are associated with that, primarily um, not being able to integrate or process what you face. And that can lead to a type of trauma mm -hmm. and essentially psychological traumas are just you're experiencing something that's overwhelming. Exactly. And so what your body does, your mind does is it takes that experience and it puts it in a little drawer mm -hmm. and it says, all right, well, we'll, we'll get to this later yep. when we're more able to deal with that. And depending how long it's in that drawer, it starts to kind of like a mushroom, like mycelium, it starts to reach out and starts right. infecting other mm -hmm. parts of your day and your life. And it becomes really important to be conscious about that. That is so true, man. I, you know, and this is kind of why I was bringing up the, the guided aspect of it because, you know, a lot of times people will have these traumatic experiences and, you know, won't know how to deal with them. And, you know, most of the time you see people getting into psychedelics who have, you know, underlying issues, whether they're, you know, mental or even sometimes physical, but mostly, you know, a lot of, um, you know, emotional um, issues. And it just makes things worse, you know, and, and I, I feel bad for, for, for those individuals because, you know, with the proper guidance and, you know, you know, to care, like, you know, with this person calling you before and afterwards, um, the, it could have turned out a lot different, you know, and I think this is why it, it is important to have these, um, 
guided ceremonies or even assisted ceremonies or however you want to, you know, label them. But um, I think that's why it's important for people to also get involved with their um, local community, you know, because um, there's people that have been doing this for way longer than, than most. And, you know, they've developed these practices and, you know, and um, techniques as well. And it, it greatly benefits people. I mean, um, me personally, I, I don't have much experience with it, but, you know, the more I talk about it, the more I hear people talk about it. I really been looking into, um, you know, these guided sessions. I, I really do think that there is a lot to learn there, especially from somebody who does have way more experience, you know, I definitely I, something uh, you can benefit from. Yeah. And that integration coaching is like, pretty serious like even mm -hmm. even just talking to someone for 30 minutes to an hour who can help prepare you and let you know about the different things um and then just having a chance to talk to someone afterwards for 30 minutes to an hour can be a game changer especially mm -hmm. for people who are unfamiliar with it if it's your first time it's probably a good idea to do that and I mean, we're on this forum. People can friend me and direct message me, whatever. I'm happy to, to help people out with that kind of thing. And um, yeah, it's definitely something that can be extremely healing. It's changed my life. I had a lot of problems with uh, depression and anxiety. And really the game changer was these intentional uses of psychedelics it's not something you have to do frequently to get really extraordinary results it could literally be something that you do one time in your whole life um, for me personally i seem to need like little tune-ups along the way so maybe once a year or twice a year or less seems to be plenty plenty good uh, and then I mean, of course, the trouble is that all these things are illegal. So yeah. um, that's kind of the, the biggest problem, I think. But it's getting to be more and more where people can learn about it. And I do want to share some tips for integration because uh, I'm an artist by nature. doesn't really matter the medium. I love to challenge myself to create new and interesting things. And art is the number one integration tool. Like if you're on your own doing something and something isn't processed and you need to deal with it somehow and you need to explore these things that words can't really touch, you just sit down and make some artwork. It doesn't have to be good. You could just close your eyes and scribble on a page. It just puts your mind into this different state or make some music or music, yeah. write about it in your journal, like just write and write and write and just see what comes out. Or even I think about this idea of state specific memory, because hmm. one way to go back and try to reprocess your sessions is if you're listening to music during your session, you can go mm. back and re-listen to that soundtrack while you're making some art or doing some writing or even just sort of contemplating your experience. And it can help bring you back, you know, kind of like 
sometimes you you remember your dreams the best in the morning right afterwards mm -hmm. and then they fade away but then when you're in that more dreamlike consciousness the dreams become easier to remember you there's so many ways of bringing yourself into extraordinary states of consciousness or deeply relaxed states of consciousness that don't involve any substances of any kind. No. I'm a huge advocate for that because all of my early visionary experiences were 100% sober based on uh, these meditation practices that I was doing at the time. And I know it's not that way for everybody and some people will meditate their whole lives and never run into psychedelic experiences, but that wasn't the case for me. And I know that there's just so many ways to keep digging deeper into your unconsciousness, your higher consciousness, and to understand your psychology more deeply through the arts yeah definitely i i <clears throat> there is definitely i definitely agree i know you when you're saying that you know uh, you know doing art or so forth afterwards i i've got a guitar i've played on and off here and there and i, I do find that you know turning to the guitar you know it does help so much um i mean it's almost like you're expressing something that you can't express with you know words and uh, you get that you get whatever that is out out into the open and uh it definitely helps man i know just the other day i was uh having um a little bit of an internal battle and um i didn't even know how to express it you know to my wife or anybody else and i just had to get something out man and i came back here and grabbed my guitar man and just out of nowhere just started playing for like five minutes and it was something new you know it was just and I just, as I was doing it, man, I could feel the, you know, this weight being lifted or just like it was coming out and it just sounded so beautiful, man. It was, it was definitely, uh, definitely inspiring, man. And, uh, I know I keep that thing around for something, <laughs> but, um, you know, a lot of times after I have a session, man, I, you know, I, I spend a lot of time, you know, reflecting and thinking about it, you know, and I've never thought about, you know, using it using like music in that manner um i don't really have too much of a hard time though going back there you know i've i'm a pretty lucid dreamer and i i, I remember my dreams from you know weeks ago um they they're as clear as day you know it's almost like you know i'll wake i'll fall asleep here and i wake up in another place you know it's almost like i'm living a different life or a different experience you know so i, I can easily slide back into that state of mind um i just never thought about using anything else like that so definitely appreciate that tip man i might try that out down the road yeah it's worth it and you, you might even surprise yourself you know people who don't think they're artists might actually create something that they really feel strongly about and i also want to talk about the artistic process a little bit because it's a challenge you question yourself, you come up against all of your feelings of anxiety and mm -hmm. inadequacy and your hesitancy and indecision. They, they come up when you're making artwork and it gives you a chance to uh, 
to process all that stuff. Yeah, definitely it does, right? I um I you know, I've never really I never really got into it so much. You know, when I was younger, I used to do a lot of art. I used to do a lot of drawing and stuff, mainly just like pencil and black and white type stuff. But um, never really um, pursued it any further, you know, um, just kind of get get into becoming an adult and everything from the childhood just kind of takes a back seat. You know, you got to make time for those things. Yeah, it takes time for sure. So what is it that you do in terms of um, <clears throat> of using the art for, for that manner? Um, well, journaling is my biggest, like the day after a session, mm-hmm. I'll spend a long time journaling um, and going back and listening to the music that I had listened to the day before. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seems to help me kind of like do a timeline review. And then you a lot is before the session too. I get really inspired before sessions in the like, I plan it out because like I say, I take this special space and this special time. So it's like, it has to be a day when I can be alone, when I don't need to be driving the car Mm -hmm. um, or cleaning the house or running errands. It's like, you know how it is once you get older life has a lot of things for you to do and it's hard oh, to take six seven hours just to yourself yeah so there's a lot of it's sort of like on the calendar which seems weird but no you and, have to you have yeah. to use it yeah yeah and so i'll do a lot of artwork leading up to that point and i'll put a lot of thought into what are the things that i've I'm doing this for like, what is my real desire um, to engage in this practice? And I find a lot comes through before the session. Uh, Before that last session, I made this amazing painting and I just love it. And the process of making that painting was really visionary in itself because I was thinking about the upcoming session. I was like going through crazy music that I thought might be something I could listen to during the session. And I found sometimes I'll go through and process a lot of things before I even get there. And then once I'm in the session, I can really focus a lot more on the core issues that I'm there for, uh, which for me is a bit of exploration. Um, You know, uh, I always have this sort of dual purpose of both like trying to find out what's out there and uh, also, you know, healing myself in the process. There's definitely something there to it, man. I'll, I'll myself definitely try it out, man. I, um, you know, I often um, find myself, you know, just kind of stuck in that mindset of, of, you know, trying to interpret what it is that I've gone through. Um, and I'll, sometimes I almost even forget the intent, you know, of, of what, what is it that I went in for, you know, and kind of right now where I'm at, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit of a, at, at a standstill, to be honest. Um, I know that I'm due for 
<laughs> some kind of a session and, and I do have something scheduled that scares the shit out of me to be honest. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've really been thinking about these um, techniques, you know, what is it that, you know, just thinking about my intent and then, you know, while I'm in it and so forth and, 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 and then the reintegration, you know, I've, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm new to, to psychedelics, you know, I've only been on this path for uh, the last four years, this, you know, going on five years and, you know, I haven't really gotten too serious about it until the beginning of last year, you know, and, um, there's been definitely a lot of work done, but, um, I don't know, man, I, I feel like, um, I feel like I do need some kind of, uh, guidance, you know, in my, in my next few sessions, just because, you know, I've, I've barely crested over that, that initial, you know, anxiety and, you know, what was that, you know, that, that, you know, just overwhelming, you know, aspect of, you know, going so deep and, you know, meeting entities and, you know, seeing things that, I swear to God, they're real. You know, I mean, who knows? They're real. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that could be argued with a lot. But for me personally, I always say, how how is anybody to tell you, anything, you know, that what you feel is real or not, right? Mm-hmm. But Yeah, um, for you, it's real. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'd say so. I'd say so. And I, I don't take that from anybody, you know. But um, I do feel that for me, there's definitely a lot more to learn in terms of, you know, techniques. And, and, and you know, and I know that there's people out there that can help out. And I, and I am reaching out to people and, um, I'm st- yeah. I still got a lot of, a lot of weights to go. You know, I really do. Um, you know, I still struggle with some of my issues that I first came in, you know, with, and, um, but I also have made a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, progress and, um, you know, I appreciate you, uh, you know, giving these tips and for anybody listening too. hopefully, you know, Anybody listening here can um, get something from this and also, you know, reach out to you for sure. For sure. Man. Yeah. Nailing down that intention is the biggest possible thing so that when you are in these unknown spaces and you're feeling maybe confused or a little disoriented mm-hmm. or lost that you have that that lantern there that you can come back to. Like, yeah, I'm here for this reason. Exactly. It's like if you're encountering entities, uh, this, there's this guy in the Bay Area, Kalindi, who unfortunately passed away from COVID-19 in the beginning of April. But he was a big uh, advocate for really high dose mushrooms, like you do like 30, 40 grams. And he would always say that when you're going into spaces where you're with these higher spiritual entities you just act like you're supposed to be there (laughs) and i found the way to do that is to have your intention really strong like if your intention is like like for me like i lost my job back in april and i've applied for hundreds of positions and i'm not getting any of them obviously and so i was like in there and i was like i just need help like you i'm here i see that you guys are like beyond whatever it is that i know about like can you help me like what can i learn here and having that with you when you're in those spaces it it just it brings you back it's very 
very grounding without taking you out of the experience. Yeah, those experiences can can become overwhelming and they can, you know, knock you off your course. You know, I, I've had I've had many of those, uh, especially with uh, DMT and endimental tryptamine. You know, I, <clears throat> last year I started off with a bunch of um, some, you know, higher dose of, of psilocybin and. I had gone through the process of accepting the death, <laughs> you know, like that initial, you know, feeling of, of dying and then just actually going through the whole thing and, you know, have, having an out-of-body experience. And then I experienced um, DMT in the, in the fall and, you know, right away I'd met this entity and, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, that intent had gotten lost in those experiences, you know, and I think this is where, learning about these techniques or having somebody help you, you know, guide you or, you know, kind of keep you on the path that, you know, for, you know, that you started on helps out a lot because a lot of times you get, I see people that'll get, um, get more, um, kind of, um, interested with the experience itself, you know, in terms of this, you know, the entities and, you know, the conversations they had as opposed to what is it was that they went in for and, you know, that intent, ends up kind of getting buried, you know, with all of these overwhelming experiences, you know, and that's kind of what happened with me, you know, I, and I had to take a step back and, and think about, you know, what, you know, what it was that I, I, I started in this, you know, why I, I started on this path. And, you know, just this year, I, 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 you know, I started going back and, you know, and really focusing on the intent and, um, you know, taking some time in between sessions as well, you know, and um, kind of gets me a little nervous talking about it, to be honest with you, man. <laughs> you know, it gets me a little, a little bit of anxiety, but uh, it, that's good. You know, I know that's good. So oftentimes think, it means that there's going to be like something big. <laughs> I could so feel it, man. It, I really can. It I, does. I told it does this mean I, something. Yeah, I got this. <clears throat> so I, I, for me, I, I've been having a, a rough stretch recently and um, I have been staying away from, you know, these substances just because of that, because, you know, I kind of feel like I, I can't go into it alone because I feel like I may do more damage than, you know, than benefit from it. And I reached out to somebody who's been offering me to, um, to kind of guide me or help me with, uh, with a particular substance. And, um, I kept telling him, no, man, I'm good. I'm good. And he's like, come on, man. Why not? I'm like, I'm scared. <laughs> and he's like, what are you afraid of, man? You've already done DMT. And I'm like, fuck. All right. You know what, man, let's schedule this, man. Cause I have to do it, man. I know I do, you know, and I, I trust the individual themselves. I know that they've had many other people under, you know, that they've helped out with. And, and some of them are all, they're all local people here. And um, I keep telling me, you know, like, I'm nervous about it, you know, and I know I haven't felt like this before since, since the beginning, you know, when I first started getting serious, you know, because I, I've become complacent, you know, I got to the point where I was, you know, using DMT and I was having some very challenging experiences, but it, what, what caught me off guard was how easy I was able to redirect the experience and, and, and I almost kind of felt proud about it, but at the same time, it scared me because I'm like, this is not, this doesn't feel right. You know, it almost feels like I'm cheating myself, you know? So that's kind of why I started reaching out to, to people and, you know, getting more interested in the guided sessions and, you know, just, just reading and researching about, you know, the different techniques that people use. And I think that's um, part of why, you know, I'm a little of a, a little, um, 
a little, you know, fearful of, not fearful, but just afraid and kind of a little nervous about it because it's back to square one where there's, you know, I don't know how it's going to go. And I think that that is where I'm supposed to be at, you know? Yeah. And it's always square one. You mm-hmm. just never know what's going to happen. And things aren't even dose or substance specific sometimes. No. And then, um, I like what you were saying there about you could shift the experience and you're wondering if that's like the right thing to do. And I was feeling like that with my um, guided mushroom sessions because by the end, um, I was being instructed to focus on grounding. Like Hmm. it was just, he was like, it's like he knew when I'd start like drifting off into yeah. outer space and he'd be like, bring it back, like yeah. bring it back down and ground yourself. And it was so interesting because like I got extremely grounded in the middle of one of these higher dose sessions and I was able to just really focus my awareness and stay grounded and the clarity that I felt in those moments has really stuck with me a long time. But I also felt like I was missing out on some of the other parts of the experience um, because I was so body focused and so grounded. I wasn't doing the normal type of astral travel or like really strongly visual journey that I'm used to with the mushroom. So I I don't know the answer to that. I think sometimes if your intention is something super specific, like for me, I was getting really ungrounded at that time in my life and I really needed to zero out and ground and the, the assisted uh, session really kept me in that but in so doing other things that i'm used to happening in the session didn't really happen so there is that interesting play yeah definitely i think that there i think for me what it was was more of a kind of like a practice of um you know not not allowing things to become too overwhelming but i have this belief that these entities for me you know i've always believed that i I get what i need and not what i want right everybody knows has heard that saying before and by like when i had i had these last two experiences on dmt and they were very difficult they're really dark and they were they were the the most challenging i've had in, in in the last few years and i remember getting so overwhelmed by exactly, you know, what was happening. And it was something dark. It was always something dark. And I remember like the last one, I had this entity that put this huge um, stone on top of me and we were in this dark cave and it was like a cog and it was huge. And I remember him coming down on it as it was rotating. I'm looking up in this cave and I'm like, what the fuck is this? And this thing comes down on me and I put my arms up and I'm like, Oh geez, I don't know. What am I, what am I supposed to do? And the, thing jumps off of it and goes sits on this huge stone chair and it's just staring at me like this is what you get motherfucker you know kind of feeling and uh i remember panicking like extreme just like this thing is gonna fall on me and 
and just staring at the scene and, and realizing that it was just left up to me. And it was more so just kind of like a, you have to learn how to control this fear and this panic. Otherwise, you know, it's going to eat you up. And, you know, at that moment in time, I just kind of just let go. And, you know, a lot of times people have that, like for me, I had a hard time letting go of feeling like I had to stay alive. Like I have to be here. Like, and you know, the, the, the feeling of myself, you know, like self-preservation as opposed to just being like, you know what, what's going to happen is going to happen. And I'm going to make it through this no matter what. And um, I got through that experience and I, I don't know, there was something kind of missing still, you know, and I think that's kind of where I, the question came up of whether it, that was good for me or not. I know it had to happen, but I almost just kind of signaled like, Hey, you're going to a next step. And that next step is, you know, actually learning some different, more techniques or having somebody there to, you know, teach you certain, you know, different aspects of, of what it is that you're missing while you're doing this, you know, solo, basically, you know, I think that um, I could only go so far with myself or, you know, by, by myself um, that I definitely start look, started looking into these, you know, you know, more group sessions or even guided sessions. So I'm really looking forward to it, man. I'm really looking forward to it. And I, and I, and I think that you bring up a lot of good points, you know, in terms of the techniques and using the art and so forth. I think that's um, a lot of good tips for people that are listening as well. Yeah, that experience sounds very life affirming in a way. Because <clears throat> you come up with that fear of losing touch with all of the things that you love and are a part of and you re-recognize how important that is which for a lot of people that's a really important lesson but then there's also the mystery Mm -hmm. (laughs) the the other side of that coin like what is this why is this you know how yeah you know, I've, I've never really gotten, you know, I, I've talked to a lot of people who have had, especially like locally, who have had these experiences and they end up with, you know, more, more of those questions like who, what, why, you know, the, the whys. And, and to me personally, I don't feel like I've gotten there yet just because I, I struggle with such a, such a huge inner battle, you know, um, <clears throat> even like the, the fear part, you know, even prior to getting into psychedelics, you know, I was in a lot of situations where fear was the killer, you know, that's what, if you let the fear get to you, you're not going to perform properly and you can lose your life. And for me, that's kind of a, an easier thing for me in terms of accepting the death. You know, for me, it's more so everything around it. You know, I don't know much about anything outside of it, you know, and even even like the love part, like I experienced MDMA this year and man, I never, it opened up these pathways inside of my mind and I experienced this feeling of love that I've never even knew and, and it stayed with me. It really did. You know, even my wife noticed it and this has been a few months, but even then, I mean, I could still feel them now, you know, but, um. Yeah, for me, those aspects are, are what I, you know, need to work on a lot, you know, and um, the fear part for me is all too familiar. It, it's so familiar for me. It's just the different aspects of, you know, of, of, of being in this experience that, that, you know, I definitely need to work on. And I think that the only way for me to get that is to be in the community, you know, and be in the groups and have these conversations and so forth. And that's kind of why. You know, I'm doing what I'm, what I do, you know? 
Yeah, the podcast is great. I've been really enjoying listening to everybody's experiences and stories. I've gone to so many lectures with, you know, scientists and people who've written all these books and all these intellectuals with a platform who get to go up on stage and inform the world about psychedelics. But the truth is, half the people in the audience have more knowledge and experience. (laughs) And they have no platform, they never get to express their message to the world. And this podcast definitely allows that to happen. And I think it's really great. Appreciate that, man. And, and, you know, I encourage a lot of people to, to, to do this. You know, I, I, I often tell people that the most important thing is just the conversations, you know, the more conversations that are had, you know, the, the, the better it's going to be for everybody in general. Definitely. Now you said you started your own podcast as well. I did. Yep. What's Um, the name? The Psychrot podcast. Uh, I'm it. I'm having troubles getting it up on Apple. It's just taking them a long time to, I don't know, do their do their thing to put it up. Yeah, but uh, it's on my website. Um, I'm gonna be recording another episode soon. I just did my first episode the other day, and it was about uh, the history of psychedelic rock, focusing mm. on like 1964 to 1973. Nice. Highlighting the movements in the U.S., the U.K., and Germany. Nice. And uh, I talk about like bands like the 13th Floor Elevators and Pink Floyd, Black Sabbath, Jimi nice. Hendrix, Tangerine Dream, and and more. It's a pretty good one. I was. It's a monologue, and uh, I guess I was ready to talk about it because it just went really smoothly. I, I like it. That's beautiful, man. I'm gonna. I, I just pulled it up right now. It's the psychrock.com, right? That's the website. You got it on there. You got it. Beautiful, man. I, I'm definitely gonna check this out, man. This looks pretty cool, man. You got a pretty cool little setup here, man. Um, yeah, that site <clears throat> took a while to put together. <laughs> <laughs> it looks great, man. I'm not gonna lie. It looks beautiful, man. You did a great job. You did a good job. Hey, thanks. Now, um, also, uh, yeah, and, and you know the, the thing with Apple, yeah, it takes a little bit of time, but afterwards, it's just a matter of getting them going. Um, I mean, I'm still learning some of it too, but uh, it, it's good, man. I, I'm glad to hear people doing, you know, you know, doing their, their own stuff and creating their own content, you know, and uh, I'm glad to see the people in our own community doing it as well, you know. Um, you know, I know T-Rex, he's got us uh, continuing the concept conversation. You know, you've got this, uh, the uh, Psych Rock um, podcast as well. That's great. That's definitely something I'm going to subscribe to and, and, and listen to and support, man. It's uh, really cool awesome. to see us out here doing our thing, man. And um, I definitely wouldn't mind um, promoting it here. And um, hopefully you can um, provide some uh, music for the, for this uh, certain uh, episode here too as well, man. For sure. I'm going to send you some stuff from Black Satori and you can just kind of cut it and put it in there. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And people should check out my band. Our latest album is called Lucy Lane. Lucy and Lane. It's, it's pretty great. It's up on Bandcamp. We are searching for a label to release our full length album, which has, you know, another 50 minutes of music, but uh, struggling to find a label right now. But just keep at it. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. It'll, it'll come on. So you, Black Satori, is that a different um, band you got going or is that a different? Uh, 
Black Satori is one of my main band. And okay. then my solo project is Temple Rose. Temple Rose. Okay. Nice, man. Yeah, definitely check those out. I'll, I'll definitely check them out, man, and uh, support you guys there. And uh, Man, uh, been a really good conversation, man. I'm, I'm really, really glad that you had the time to come on here and, um, you know, share uh, with us, um, you know, some of your stories and, and also techniques, man. And hopefully uh, if anybody listening would like to get in contact with you, you're on the DMT World website as, as a transpersonal spirit. And you've also got the... Um, the psychrock.com website and then yep. the, and my contact is up on there as well okay awesome and then also we'll put some uh, links into the description and um all that jazz and uh is there anything else that you'd like to say or talk about or go over or say to anybody listening uh well maybe just since most people are on the forum thanks so much guys for posting so much awesome stuff it definitely keeps me interested and keeps me going and i love seeing all the support that people have for one another on there uh it has been really inspiring for me to to join the community there and um yeah just just thanks to everyone who puts together the dmt world i've really enjoyed it yeah, man. Glad to have you. And uh, if, if you have anything else coming up, uh, anything you'd like to promote in terms of your band or anything like that, man, give me a shot, a shout and uh, we'll get you back on here and uh, get you uh, taken care of and helped out there, man. Appreciate you. Sounds great. Thank you so much. All right, man. Until next time. Take care.